good to have everyone here. I tried to put several of the verses up, up on the screen so that you'll be able to read along with them. But uh, you guys can take notes here on, on this as well, and, and hopefully it will help you out. But there's a verse in Psalms 139 in verse 14, and it says, I will give thanks to you, O Lord. Why? For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. How often do we think about our bodies and just how magnificent it is, right? It is truly amazing. If, excuse me, I, lo- I saw this picture and it had the, the circulatory system, the nervous system, the respiratory system, the digestive system, skeletal system, muscular system. It doesn't have the endocrine system and, and some of these others, right? That I was trying to find a picture to show the complexity of our nerves or of our, but, but it's so complex that it looks like a jumble until you get really close and you can see how specific and intricate and complex. It is just truly amazing, right? I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Our bodies are amazing. It continues on in verse 14, and and the Bible says, I was made in secret and skillfully. He wove us together in our mother's wombs, right? It's like stitching us together and weaving us together that, uh, that we were made in secret, that the body is truly amazing. The thing about the body is that there's many throughout time, Greek philosophers and others, that believe that the mind and the spirit was really important and the body was not as important. Even in the body or in the Bible, there's this struggle between the spirit and the flesh, Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6, and other places where they're at war with each other. But the challenge with some of the philosophies is that with the mind that they were saying, well, the mind is good, the body is bad. And some of them got to the point where they're like, well, if I'm engaging in sexual immorality, it's not really me, it's just the body. You know, we're, we're just sort of separate and the body is bad anyway. Other people have believed that all pleasure of the body is bad. Asceticism, I put it in your Bible or in your notes, that... Um, It's that idea that anything of the body and of pleasure is bad. You know, maybe you've heard of people that fast, extreme fasting, uh, to cause almost pain to their body. Uh, They they withhold from any kind of sexuality, um, like celibacy. They, They also sometimes will punish themselves, whip themselves to, uh, to show that this, this body does not deserve any type of pleasure. It's, it's bad. And so they're constantly trying to deny themselves of any pleasures whatsoever. And uh, what we're trying to do is to say, is the body bad? Is pleasure bad? Well, both are good and both are from God. But there are boundaries, right? You don't just have pleasure any old way that you want. There are boundaries to the way God said within these boundaries, it is good. 
I want you to enjoy food. I gave you these taste buds. I gave you a smelling system that, that you're able to, to in, truly enjoy it, but don't become a glutton, right? Don't, don't just keep on keeping on and you can never stop. So there's these boundaries. I want you to enjoy looking at beautiful things, but don't covet them right? Lusting and, and desiring them so much that I won't be happy until I get it. You know, those kinds of things. God has made the body and he has made parts of the body where it can enjoy great pleasures, right? Within its boundaries. We're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 12 through 20 on the stewardship of our body. We've been going through the stewardship. Remember, stewardship is house manager, taking care of what's been given to us. We've been entrusted with the master's goods, money, time, energy, his body, right? He's given us this body. So we're going to go through this, and there's four points that I, I, I believe that are here that we want to look at. Number one is that the body, soul, and spirit are all connected. That's the first thing that we want to see. Now this one, it uses the word mind. Let me explain what I mean by these, these here. We understand the body, this, this flesh and blood thing. The spirit, in, in this context, so today as I, as I use the word spirit, this has got to make sense to us. This spirit is the life spirit, okay? Like um, the, 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 because we can have a, a, a dead body laying there at a funeral, but the spirit is separated. It's gone, right? This spirit is also found in animals, right? Dogs and cats and cows, and they have a life spirit, right? They're alive. And when they die, that life spirit also separates from them. But what's different between other animals is that we have this soul. We have, we have this mind that has a conscience and is going to be held accountable to God. This is what's made in the image of God that, that is different from all other animals. Do animals have a body of flesh? Yes. Do they also have a, a life spirit in them? Yes, but they don't have that soul. God is, Jesus did not die for animals. They're not going to be held accountable to trusting in Jesus Christ and right and wrong and all of those kinds of things. We are because of this mind, because of this, this soul that is in us. Does that make sense to you guys as, as we're going through these, these uh, definitions here? This is important because the Body, soul, and spirit, they all connect. So in Proverbs 17, this is one of those verses. There's many. As I was looking at this, there are many verses. But think about Proverbs 17, A joyful heart is good medicine, and a broken spirit dries up the bones. Have you ever noticed that when you're joyful, that your body Sometimes your energy levels, your immunity levels. Uh, there's a story that I, I read about this one guy that uh, he was suffering of cancer. Now, I'm not saying this is the cure for everybody, please. But 
this is a true story. This guy, he, um, he said that he read this verse in the Bible that joyful heart is good medicine. And he went and he got the three stooges and he got all these old um, comedy type shows and he watched them all the time. And he just tried to have, he wanted to have a good spirit. He wanted to have a good light heart and laugh. And, and that was one of the things that, that he felt like that was good medicine. But again, I know that doesn't, that doesn't cure everything. But have you also been on the other end where you've had a broken heart and physically it makes you feel sick? Like you've got nothing, right? So these are connected. I tried to give you some other verses. Psalm 32 and verse 3. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away. Right? Has that guilt ever just grinded on you? You know, he says, my body wasted away. Think about Jesus in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 38. He says, my soul is deeply grieved to the point that his body was almost at what? He was about to die because his soul was so grieved that his body was about to die. And, and I didn't put it in here, but it says God sent angels to minister, to strengthen him. Right? How many of you guys have heard they died of a broken heart? That emotionally they were so distraught, so broken inside that it affected their physical health, right? So mind, body, soul, they are connected. What about Luke 22 where Jesus says that he was in agony and his sweat became drops like drops of blood. So his emotional state, the stress, the anxiety, the the what he was dealing with in, in his spirit and in his mind, his soul, was to such a point that physically his body was sweating and struggling physically. Do you see that? That, that they affect each other. That's ultimately what we see happening. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 18, this is very interesting to me. Because Paul says that every other sin that you commit is outside the body. But sexual immorality, the, sex, the person that practices sexual immorality, they sin against their own body. Now how that all works, I, I don't know. But this is just an interesting verse that he says these other sins that we commit, but the sexual sins are actually against the body itself. And it might make more sense as we go through this. But to me, this is very powerful, right? That, that what I, my sins can actually affect us physically in our bodies. By doing right in our bodies, it can affect our mental and our emotional and our spiritual state, right? So it goes both ways. They, they all overlap. So the first point that I wanted us to look at then is that the body, the soul, and the spirit are connected. Think of some other examples. These are some Bible verses, but how many of us have seen it where 
high stress, anxiety, that they lead to high blood pressure. Because of my thinking, because of my stress in my mind, it leads to high blood pressure. It can lead to uh, ulcers, inflammation, strokes, heart attacks. You see, so what's going on in my mind actually has an effect on my body. There's also studies that show that if we did not handle trauma, some of us have gone through tremendous trauma early in our lives, that if we don't handle that correctly, the trauma or the anger, that if we don't deal with it God's way, it can lead to multiple mental illnesses. There are mental illnesses that have been brought on because of I didn't handle it the way that God wanted me to. You know, just as when you put like uh, stress on the body, you can develop an ulcer. Just as you put stress on the body, you can develop mental illnesses too. You see, so it can, it can go both ways because our body has got electrical, chemical, physical. It's got all of these systems that have to work together. And when you put a high amount of stress, it can break down and it tries to cope its own way. And so that's where some of these things happen. Again, not all of them, but, but, but it is, it is, uh, you, can, you can study that out and see that. But does it also go the opposite way? If our body is doing better, can it affect our emotional state our, that we start to have better thinking, right? There's, um, there's a book that I was reading, and it, and it was uh, talking about how uh, one, of the, one of the things that uh, alcoholics have to do is they have to uh, start eating better. You know, how much the, uh, the diet and, and the way that you eat affects your, your body because you're craving uh, something that's unhealthy, but your body is out of whack, right? And so when you start getting it back to normal and eating right, that you start to feel better. And isn't this one of the things that they'll tell you guys is, is eating right, getting sleep, right? So if I'm getting proper sleep, I'm getting proper food and nutrition, then it's like it starts to make my body feel good and I'm not reaching for some of these things because I feel bad and I reach for something that's going to maybe take the edge off a little bit, right? And so there's, there's, they, they go hand in hand, right? They, they do go hand in hand. And the other thing that, that uh, is brought up many times is the importance of getting your body moving detoxifying, right? That you've got to get the blood flowing. You've got to sweat. Um, that's why in the, the native culture, a lot of times, uh, one of the things to do for us, uh, a religious exercise is a sweat lodge. Well, a sweat lodge, yes, there's praying and singing going on in there, but guess what is also happening? A detoxification, right? It's a detoxification. You're sweating out some of those those toxins and things like that so going to a sauna and so so it overlaps is is the whole point that i wanted you guys to to think about also you look at what alcohol drugs pornography sleeping around 
constantly living in fear, constantly living in anger, constantly living with worry, it starts to affect us physically, emotionally. You know, people, they, they don't think that they're just like, well, that's just life. You know, you sleep around and you're like, oh, there's no big deal. There is a big deal. You can read study after study that shows that it affects us in, in our emotions. It affects us in our relationships. It affects our being, our soul, our mind. We might not recognize it because it's become so normal, but it is affecting us. Over and over, you guys can, can look at these, these studies and see how if I'm living a sinful lifestyle, that just by stopping the drugs and the alcohol, man, I just start feeling better, right? Just, just stopping some of those things. It starts to affect us. There are ways that God shows us that, that a balanced lifestyle like fasting. Fasting is also one of those spiritual exercises where it's mind over the body to say, you know what? I don't have to eat in order to survive today. I don't have to eat. So if I mentally am going to say, I'm going to pray during the lunchtime. I'm going to read scripture during the lunchtime instead of eating. Then it's a spiritual exercise, but I forget how long it is. But anyway, again, there's lots of studies out there that you can read that uh, by fasting, there's also a detoxification that starts to happen. You see, so again, there's spiritual there's emotional, there's physical that can all happen within these, these, uh, these practices. The same thing happens by meditating on the Word of God. Remember in Psalm 119 when he talks about meditating on God's Word and it says it revives the soul, it refreshes your being. You see, when, when you're reading the Word of God, instead of watching the news and instead of working so focused on some of the, the negatives of, you know, I was over the weekend I was listening to some of that with the war in Russia and what this is leading to and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, you know what? I would be living in fear all the time because it's so, it's so dark. It's a dark future. And and I'm like, you know what? If it happens, okay, but my God is there already. I trust Him, right? And so I've got to learn not to be in fear all the time because we just close in and we're going to see how important there's going to be lots of studies that are going to show the effects that COVID have had, has had on us as humans. The importance of community. The importance of being around other human beings is, is documented physically, mentally, emotionally. And do you know where all of these things are found? The church. It's a community. It's a family. It's a support group. And, and when we were separated from everybody for, for that long of a time, it's not good for us emotionally, mentally, spiritually, it, we feed off of each other. You see, that's, 
that's one of the things that, that we're going to try to hopefully realize is that your body is important. And if just as we neglect the emotional side will affect the body, well, if I neglect the physical body, it's going to affect these other parts of my being. Does that make sense to you guys? So as we go to the next one, we've got to remember that the body belongs to God. This is not your body. You know, this is, what, this is what we say. This is my body. I get to do with it what I want. My body, my choice. It's not your body. It has been entrusted to you. It's been entrusted to you. What are you doing with God's body? You're getting to inhabit God's body. He gave it to you. Now what are you doing with it? We see that in chapter 6 and verse 20. He says, you are not your own. Now, specifically talking to Christians, you were bought with a price. You are bought with a price. He is Lord. He is King. He is the one that is to have rulership and authority over my body. That is something that we have to remember is it's not yours. Take care of His body. Point number three. Well, let me get back to this. Verse 13. Go back to chapter 6 and verse 13. You see that ultimately when we're saying that it belongs to God, he says the body is not for sexual immorality. Just as in, in verse 12 um, no, verse 13, he says, listen, God made food for the stomach, and the stomach is for food. That's how God made it. But God is going to get rid of both of them. So there's a design. You see, God, when he designed our bodies, he designed a stomach to hold the food, to start to digest it, right? That's the purpose well, he's saying the body is not for sexual immorality. Did he create us with sexual desires? Yes, but it's not for that. He says the body is for the Lord. That's what it was designed for. And the Lord is for the body. That's amazing, right? The body, the importance of our bodies. Point number three, the body is to be respected. 14 through 19, he's going to give two examples. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Let's look at these. He says, that your body is connected to Christ. When, when you are joined sexually, he's going to give this example of a prostitute or a woman of sexual promiscuity, somebody who practices sexual immorality. He said that ultimately when you become sexual with her, you become one body with her. He says when you're joined to the Lord, 
you become one spirit with him. You become one. There's this, there's this spiritual, physical connection that happens in the sexual act. And he's saying, you know what? That same type of intimacy happens when we become one with the Lord Jesus Christ. You become one with him. You see, this is, this is the illustration that, that Paul is giving. You are a member of his body. You are connected in. When you are baptized, 1 Corinthians 12, we're in chapter 6, but in chapter 12, it says when you are baptized into the body of Christ, you become a member of his body. You are intimately one with him. The second point that Paul says is, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? When was the last time that you thought about God living in your body? <laughs> that this body out of some will say that the temple, Solomon's temple, was one of the seven wonders of the world. They said just amazing, covered with gold, just a, a spectacular sight. Trying to create a building that would magnify and glorify God, the creator of heaven and earth, that God himself would actually be in there. And God destroyed it with Babylon, right? He, he wiped it out. And in the New Testament times, he's saying, you know where God is going to live at? In our bodies. Because who made the body? God, right? He made the body. And so he actually lives as Christians. If we're not a Christian, then, then he can't live in us yet until those sins are washed away. But if you're a Christian, if you're in Christ, then it says that His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, lives in us. Truly mind-boggling to think, how does that happen? How would God be able to live in us? So as to be respected. You would not disrespect the temple of God. How are you going to treat the temple? Do you think you would keep up with it, the maintenance, let anything break down? Or do you think you're cleaning it? Do you think you're making sure that it's beautiful and spectacular and worthy that God is living there? You see, that's how we're supposed to treat our bodies. How's the third reason that our body is to be respected is that because God says He is going to raise up. In verse 14, He says, Now God has not only raised the Lord, so yes, God raised the, the Lord Jesus Christ out of the grave, but will also raise us up through His power. So, did Jesus' actual body raise from the dead? Was it His body? It was His body, right? Well, the only thing that was left, they put the cloth right there where He used to lay. But do you remember what He said to Thomas? He said, right here, put your, put your fingers in, in, in the holes of my hand and where I got stabbed, 
that resurrected body was actually what? It was his body. So what is going to raise up out of the grave? Our body, right? Our body is going to be resurrected because the body matters to God. It matters. You see, this is something that, that we can see repeated over and over that, that we're not supposed to mistreat the body because people are like, well, the body isn't going to live forever. God is going to give us a new body. Yes, but guess what? It's still your body. It says it goes into the ground weak and it's raised powerfully. Goes in imperishable, it's raised Im or goes in perishable, raised imperishable, right? It's amazing. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, right? That that body, it goes in and it comes out. It is a new body. Simply amazing. It matters to God. The next, <clears throat> one other thing I wanted to, to bring up about this to be respected is that this is the only body that we get. And we need to, to make sure that this body is used to carry out the will of God. See, what else has God given us to fulfill His mission? How do you fulfill God's mission? What do you do? What does it require? It requires my hands. It requires my feet. It requires my mouth. It requires my energy. It requires this body to speak, to write, to encourage, to serve, to feed, to clothe, to hug. All of these things require the body. So take care of it. It takes energy because if, if, we mis, if we misuse our body, abuse our body, then you're like, I can't go out there and help that person because I abused my body. I didn't take care of it. It's like the little kid that, that, that has a bike given to them and they destroy the bike and they're, they're like, Dad, can I go to a friend's house? And you're like, yeah, you can take your bike. Well, that's too far because I ruined my bike. Well, if you had your bike, you could have gone. But you didn't take care of it. You see, so now it's going to make it more difficult or you can't do it. Respect the body. Remember to take care of it. The final point is that the body is to be used, which is what I've been talking about, right? Chapter 6 and verse 20. You have been bought with a price, therefore, do what? Glorify God in your body. Use it. Every time I, I was reading that, I, I kept thinking of that lady on, uh, from the res, right? You use it, right? You use it. That's, that's this body has been given to us, and it's supposed to be used for His glory. It is not just for us to sit back and say, this is my body, I need to just please it, satisfy it, fulfill it, protect it. This is, I just wait, wait, wait till Jesus comes. No, use this body, sacrifice your body, sacrifice your energy, sacrifice your, your, your life. What did Jesus give up on the cross? His 
body, his life. But when he was alive, what was he doing? He was serving with his body. He was acting with his body. He was helping with his body. That, that is the mentality that, that we have to have. It, it reminds me of the parable of the talent. He gave one person one, another person two, and another person five. The person who had the one just buried the talent, and when the master came back, said, here you go. I didn't lose it. What you gave me, I gave it back. And God called him a worthless slave. Why? Because he didn't give the money just to get it back. He gave the money to do what? Make it work. Go make it reproduce. God didn't give us this body to just bury it and wait and say, God, here you go. Here's my body back. I want you to use it. Go out and put it into practice. That is really, as I think about this, our body our mind and our spirit are connected. So what you're thinking about mentally affects your emotions, affects you spiritually, affects you physically. If I'm taking care of my bodies, are you eating healthy? Are you exercising? Are you getting enough sleep? Are you abusing it with drugs and alcohol and pornography and all these other things that just affect my very being? Remember, it's not your body, it's God's. Number three, we're to respect it, take care of it, and then number four, put it to use. How do you guys view your body? How do you view it? Are there some things in your life right now that you know are not good? That you're like, you know what? I need to change that whatever. Could be eating, could be sleeping, could be sinful. Whatever it is, are we being a good steward of it. Would we say that this body is being used for his glory, right? Remember that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I put this, I forgot to, I got distracted in talking. And 1 Corinthians 10, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. 1 Peter 4, 11, whether you're speaking or serving, all things are for the glory of God. You see, this is His. This is His life. And I pray that this is a reminder for us so that we put His body out there for His practices. If you're not a Christian, then you have not allowed this body to become a part of God and God to become a part of you. He says you've got to be willing to die to that old self. You repent of your sins after you've believed that Jesus is the Christ. He says turn away from that old self and you die to that body. And it's, that body is buried and resurrected out of the water and it says you're raised to a new life. And Peter says that the gift of the Holy Spirit is now able to live inside of you. But for those of us that have made that decision, sometimes we forget. And we forget that this body is not mine. And we live like I can do what I want. So if there's something that you need to respond to today, maybe to become a Christian, 
or maybe to repent and say, I need to get things right. I need to reevaluate my priorities, especially as I think about my body. Pray that you'll do that today as together we stand and sing.